Hi, fantasy readers. This is Corinne Norton, your fellow book binger, and you are listening to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast, where you can test out a new fantasy story every single week to find your next favorite author. Today's story shares a young woman's perspective in a battle of the minds in the middle of an epic war. It's written by Josiah DeGraff, who loves crafting fantastical stories about characters who face the same dilemmas we do when we try to do the right thing. He works as the program director of the Young Writers Workshop, the marketing director of Story Embers, and also as a staff writer for Lorehaven. And somehow, he also has time for board games, hiking, and hanging out with his eight younger siblings. I'm guessing he combines some of those last ones because he has the same number of hours in a day that I do. I'll be narrating today's story. Be sure to stick around to the end or check out today's show notes to see where you can find more from the author. For now, please enjoy Visions of Grandeur by Josiah DeGraff. By tradition, the healers' tents were located at the back of the army. When Sion passed through them to enter the playing field of war, screams of pain assailed her. Images of raw agony. Grotesque disfigurements and gaping wounds flooded her mind and multiplied by the dozens. She pressed her hands against her ears, regretting her blessing from the gods. Some minds she hated seeing into. She crouched, shaking, as the muffled noise caused the images to fade. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Sion said to Darian, her escort. I didn't expect this to happen. Darian's youthful black curls hung in his face as he looked down at her. He gave a reply, but Sion couldn't make it out with her ears covered. Can we move beyond these tents? Sion gestured with her head. I can't be near them. Darian's lips moved again, then he gently took her elbow. Sion slowly stood and let herself be led away. Once she was far enough from the tents, she hesitantly removed her hands. She could still hear screams but not enough to visualize the minds of the injured. Sion exhaled and turned to Darian. I'm sorry. If I'd known I would be overwhelmed, I would have warned you. Darian stared at her as if she had been possessed by a demon. What in Thanax's name was that? He mentally replayed her reaction in his mind. Sion rubbed her right ear self-consciously. Sorry, I, I haven't ever been on the battlefield before. Those screams overwhelmed me. She didn't tell him the truth, because that would involve admitting that she could see people's mental images even when she wasn't touching them. And she was trying to avoid intimidating people with her blessing. Are you sure you're ready for this mission? In his mind, he was picturing her running around the camp in terror. Sion sighed. I'll make it work. She just had to stay away from the sick camps. You want to show me where the general is? Uh, sure, Darian said. I'll show you right to him. But his mental images revealed the way before he'd taken a step. Never mind, Sion waved a hand. I know where I'm going. Darian coughed. What? Jumbled images wove through his mind. I studied the setup of the camp before coming. Thanks, though. It was fun traveling with you. Sion hurried away before he could stop her. Anything to get away from the awkwardness of that conversation. He probably thought she was an idiot, not the impression she wanted to give the cute boy who had escorted her from the citadel to the battlefield. 
she approached the general's tent. Her mentor, Grimwald, would want her to make a grand yet humble entrance, befitting someone who has not only received a supernatural blessing from the gods, but was also part of the heralds, one of the few groups who used their powers for good. But she wasn't Grimwald, and he wasn't around to criticize her. Sion walked up to the two guards. Hi, I'm Sion, the god-blessed. General Helder has requested my presence. They snapped to attention. Yes, one said. He mentioned you would be arriving any day. His mental images were strange, involving sealed orders and people yelling at others. I'll check if he's free. He pulled back the tent flap and disappeared inside. Sion turned to the other guard. How has the war gone? Uh, the guard averted his gaze. His mental images swirled with people dying, trumpets blaring, and promises binding his lips from spilling the general's secrets. What kind of secrets was the general hiding? The other guard poked his head out. Go right in, my lady. He held the tent flap open. The general would be delighted to see you. Fascinating talk. Sion winked at the tight-lipped guard and sauntered into the tent. Three men surrounded a table covered with maps. One wore the traditional general helmet. That would be Helder. Beside him stood a lieutenant and a turquoise-eyed man Sion had never met before, but she recognized him as Rexon from descriptions she'd heard. Muscles bulged under his red shirt. According to hearsay, Rexon could summon flames to scorch the earth around him and consume nearby enemies with fire. A terror on the battlefield. He was one of the most powerful god-blessed the heralds had on their side. Helder looked up. Sion, can you break into people's minds? Sion cocked an eyebrow. No introductions? We don't have time, Rexon growled, folding his arms. The dull rumblings of a volcano filled Sion's mind. Mental images became symbolic the more emotional someone got. In case you haven't noticed, Rexon continued, we're in the middle of a war. Sorry, Sion snorted. Thought this was a peace conference. Rexon's volcano erupted. You— Helder lifted a hand. Stop. She hasn't been trained as a soldier and lacks discipline. His voice was calm, carrying an impression of a tower built firmly in stone. He locked gaze with Sion. Back at the Citadel, perhaps you enjoyed relaxed interactions with your superiors. But any god-blessed who leaves the Citadel for the front lines becomes a soldier, whether you fight or not. Soldiers don't use sarcasm with superiors. Sion's cheeks burned. Yes, sir. Back to business, Helder said. How well can you penetrate minds when you're touching people? Sion swallowed. I can see only mental images, sir. I can't directly read thoughts or manipulate them. Helder nodded. Pity. I suspected as much, but I had hoped. What is this all about? Sion asked. Helder leaned across the table. Do you know what we are fighting? Scenes of death and soldiers with frenzied stares flickered through Sion's mind. What was Helder thinking about? She shook her head. I know it's another god-blessed. His name is Zeskar. He can control the minds of every soldier under his command, but we're not sure how. Sion tried to keep her mouth from dropping open. He can control the whole army? We doubt he can control individual movements, but he can sway motivations. Helder swept his hand across a map. 
He conquers fiefdoms, and soon his enemies become avid supporters of him. Each day, we're forced to kill good people whose wills have been overpowered by this monster. We believe he possesses a clairstone that's amplifying his blessing. In Helder's memories, frenzied men viciously attacked the herald's forces. As the sword impaled one man, the frenzied glaze left his eyes, replaced by shock at what he had done. This horrified expression repeated itself a hundred times over. Sion shivered. I can't believe you have to fight that. Helder sighed. Wars are usually complex, but this is far worse. That's why you're here. He leveled his gaze at her. We must break Zeskar's control. We've captured several of his men. We hope that the mental images you get from questioning them will provide insight to thwart Zeskar. Sion slowly nodded. That's a tall order. I've never done anything like that before. Every god-blessed who serves with the heralds inevitably reaches a point where they must stretch their abilities to discover their limits, Helder said. I realize you've never trained for this, but the alternative is for us to continue killing innocent men who have been dominated by Zeskar. Images of the dying inundated Sion's mind. She swallowed. Understood. A man with stubbly cheeks and hair the color of storm clouds jostled the chains that held him to a post. Prisoners were normally kept near the sick tents, but Sion had requested they be moved to a different place when she examined them. She knelt to peer into the man's brown eyes while she touched his leg. The captive stared back at her. What do you want? The words dripped from his mouth like the poison in his mental images. Did the dripping poison represent his disgust toward her or Zeskar's control over him? Images didn't always interpret themselves. Sion tucked her hair behind her ear. Just to talk, if that's all right. And if I say it's not? More poison oozed. Sion shrugged, feigning indifference. There are dozens more captives. Someone will talk. We're loyal to Zeskar, the man snapped. We won't spill nothing. Sion caught snatches of plans the man had overheard that he didn't want the heralds to know about. She filed them away. If she couldn't figure out how Zeskar controlled his men, perhaps she could deduce their plans later. I'm not here to interrogate you about Zeskar's plans, Sion said calmly. I'm here because I'm curious. She let the words hang in the air. The man took the bait. Curious about what? Murky clouds, caused by either confusion or suspicion, formed in his mind. Sion always struggled to distinguish those two types of impressions. About you. You're a farmer, right? She gestured at his calloused hands, but the guards had already told her his occupation. Zeskar conquered your country. Why did you join him? She had no idea what to expect. Was Zeskar's control so complete that he'd influence this man's answer? That's what you're fishing for? The man laughed. Sion saw an image of farmers listening intently to Zeskar speaking atop a horse. He's creating an empire, and I'm going to be a part of it. A war scene unfolded in Sion's mind, but not the nightmarish chaos she'd beheld before. Instead, soldiers in gleaming armor cut down their opponents with ease as they marched under golden banners. The image seemed contrived. Sion couldn't pinpoint why, 
but she'd glimpsed artificial images like this before, when a shapeshifter had shrouded its true emotions. What was this man concealing? Why does this empire appeal to you? Sion asked. The farmer grinned. Why wouldn't it? Would you rather aimlessly work the ground year after year just to survive, or live and die for a worthwhile cause? His memories of his onerous farm life seemed tainted as well. Zeskar had tampered with these memories. Do all of Zeskar's followers hold this view? Not everyone is a farmer. Some are blacksmiths, shopkeepers, or soldiers. But the same vision connects all of us. A unified country free from wars of the god-blessed. He smiled. One war to end all wars. She'd ascertained Zeskar's motivations, at least. But she was no closer to learning how Zeskar persuaded his men to believe and spout this nonsense. Sion shifted her weight from one knee to the other. Does everyone Zeskar speaks to embrace this purpose? Of course. But the farmer's memories contradicted him. Zeskar sat atop a horse, addressing the farmers. But then one man raised a commotion, and the other farmers gored him with pitchforks. Sion grimaced. You're lying. The man blinked. No, I'm not. Sion leaned closer to him. When you noticed my turquoise eyes, did you wonder what blessing the gods gave me? I perceive memories. Right now, I see you and your farmer friends skewering one of your own because he spurned your master's message. The man's brow nodded. You lie. But the scene replayed in his mind again and again. No, Sion said firmly. I know what I see. You murdered one of your friends. He wasn't a friend. The man's lip curled. He was a selfish traitor who refused to accept the cause. Why did he reject it? How should I know? All that matters is his refusal. Zeskar's powers had cracks. But what was the difference? How could he subjugate some men, but not others? Could he only control a limited number of people at a time? Maybe you're lying to me again. Maybe I am, but I'm not telling you psychics anything. His mental images matched his hair billowing black clouds ready to unleash lightning. Sion wouldn't be drawing any more information from him. General Helder turned as Sion entered his tent. Your report? Sion held herself straight in an effort to exhibit the military bearing Helder preferred. I spoke with four men. From three, I gleaned that other men initially defied Zaskar's control and were killed. None of these men admitted that but I saw it in their memories. Helder's eyes lit up. So it is possible to resist. Victory marches flashed in his mind. Sion nodded. Yes, but I don't know how they did or why Zeskar's power faltered. If our goal is to liberate men from Zeskar's control, we aren't much closer to succeeding, besides surmising that it is perhaps possible. It's a start. Helder said. A soldier poked his head into the tent. General Helder, the supplies are here. Visions of fresh corn and apples filled Sion's mind. Helder motioned to Sion. Let's move. He headed toward the opening of the tent. Sion followed him outside. Did you learn anything about Zeskar's plans? 
Helder asked as they wove through the tents of the camp. Only that he has grand plans for conquest, Sion replied. He views the heralds as his greatest threat. As he should. Their next attack will be tomorrow. Helder nodded. Our spies suspected that, but we didn't have confirmation. I'll prepare accordingly. He also promised his men that he would soon control other god-blessed. Helder exhaled. So the god-blessed aren't immune to his powers. Sion envisioned Rexen turning mid-battle and incinerating his own men. She shivered. It seems not. Helder stopped and scratched his neck. That knowledge will save lives. He paused. I'll have to consult Rexen about this. We may need to pull him and our other god-blessed from the battle. Zeskar doesn't normally enter the fray, but we can't let him control any of the god-blessed. Blackened battlefields scattered with scorched troops plagued Helder's mind. If I may make a suggestion, you may. The prisoners I examined were brought under Zeskar's control after he spoke to them. I don't know whether my sample was representative or not, but if the god-blessed put wax in their ears to stifle the noise, Zeskar may not be able to control them. A good thought. Helder rubbed his neck again. Unfortunately, deafness is disastrous in battle. However, it would be better than Zeskar controlling them. He resumed walking. I will consider it. They neared the middle of the camp. A train of wagons loaded with produce rumbled in. Soldiers stared greedily at the provisions, but no one approached the wagons. The lieutenant leading the convoy walked over to Helder. General, some nearby farmers generously donated supplies to our war effort. Sion saw different images in his mind. Soldiers seizing food from crops. Farmers begging them to stop. She frowned and casually brushed a hand against his armor. Hopefully Helder saw that. General Helder nodded toward the lieutenant. Thank you. They have our gratitude. Bring the food to the cooks and have them send me a message once they have made accurate supply counts. The lieutenant left to tend to his orders. Sion swallowed, then glanced up at Helder. With, with all due respect, sir, I'm pretty sure that man is lying. General Helder turned toward her. You're a bit of a mental eavesdropper. But yes, I know. Sion frowned. But that means our men are stealing food from farmers and lying to you about it. She remembered Rexon's rebuke from the day before. Forgive my outburst, but this seems reprehensible. Helder smiled. Believe me, Sion, I understand your concern. He studied her a moment. You're being trained by Grimwald, aren't you? I am being trained by all the heralds in the Citadel. Grimwald's my mentor. I see. Helder's gaze flickered away before returning to her. Although Grimwald is an honorable man, there's a reason he guards the Citadel and doesn't pursue many outside missions anymore. What are you saying? Grimwald is an idealist. He desires a world where every herald performs unambiguously righteous deeds. It's a noble vision, but you can't fight wars that way. Whenever conflict arises, situations become messy. If we don't obtain enough food, the army starves and dies. 
Would I prefer a world where we didn't need to raid farms? Of course. But that's not the world we live in. Sion pursed her lips. I don't agree with Grimwald on everything. To be honest, I disagree with him often. But I struggle to believe that maintaining ideals during war is impossible. We don't abandon ideals, Helder said. But we need to be wise about their application. Take our position now. We're forced to slaughter men whose only fault is being mind-controlled by a god-blessed. The paradigm of heroism doesn't exist here. Helder gazed into the distance, his memories displaying overcast skies above fields littered with bodies. But we do still believe in ideals, and that's why we brought you here. Maybe you can stop the massacre. He looked back at her. If Zeskar's troops will be marching on us tomorrow, we need you to find a solution before then. Sion slumped against the post and wiped her damp face as the soldiers removed the 14th prisoner she'd questioned that day. Men's lives depended on identifying a vulnerability in Zeskar's power. But what if she couldn't? They needed someone else for this job, someone who could actually influence minds. The soldiers dragged another prisoner toward her and shackled him to the post. He tilted his shaven head to glare at her. He looked like little more than a boy. If you think I'm going to talk, you're wrong, he said through clenched teeth. Sion saw images of Harold soldiers decimating the boy's allies. Did those memories belong to the boy? Or had Zeskar implanted them? Why do you think we're fighting you? Sion asked, taking a different tactic than before. She put a hand on his shoulder. The boy smirked. Right, because how could I possibly fight against the illustrious heralds? Well, maybe there are more heroes in this world than you. His mind flashed an image of Zeskar's troops lining up for battle and radiating brilliance so pronounced that it was almost comedic. Sion shuddered and backed away. That image couldn't have been natural. What? Is that revelation so horrifying? The boy asked. Shut up, Sion snapped, aware that she was breaking her interrogation. She hastened to an isolated spot and sat on the ground, massaging her forehead. How had she missed it? If Zeskar was controlling the men, she should have sensed resistance. Even worse, she wouldn't have realized the relevance of this if Zeskar hadn't shown her a ludicrous image. Granted, the image wasn't as outlandish as it could have been, but it bent the laws of natural belief enough to reveal the truth. Zeskar didn't just control people's speech. He controlled their mental images. He was aware of Sion's activities and was planting images that coincided with the men's words. Sion swallowed. All the images she had seen were fake. The plans she had overheard might be false. The men who'd resisted Zeskar's control certainly hadn't been real. Maybe people could resist him. Maybe they couldn't. But what if Zeskar was showing her defections so she'd believe they had a chance of breaking his control when they didn't? He had succeeded at causing them to waste their time. Sion lifted the blanket she'd kicked aside hours ago and fanned her face with it. Military regulations required her to sleep fully clothed the night before a battle, so the breeze didn't reduce her discomfort much. She rolled over in her cot only to come face to face with a woman snoring heavily. Sion turned over again and stared at the ceiling. 
Grimwald had warned her that the first several missions outside the Citadel would be rough. She'd known success would take a while, but she hadn't expected to flat-out fail. Her powers were supposed to help her understand people. But every time she went on a mission, she messed up. In her first mission, she didn't recognize a traitor lying to her. This time, she distracted a general with false hopes for a full day because she didn't recognize a mind controller's trickery. She couldn't do anything right. Sion sat up and drifted her legs over to the edge of the cot. The Herald's troops would be going to war tomorrow, and they would be forced to slaughter innocent people. Maybe she couldn't have stopped that, but she wished she could have. She would have to return to the Heralds at the Citadel with news of her uselessness. Again. Perhaps she should have asked the gods for a different blessing. Sweat beaded on Sion's arm. She slipped on her sandals and walked outside, where she drank in the cool night air. Her muscles relaxed. Maybe her frustration had just been the suffocation talking. The other Heralds would understand that she'd done her best. She began to pace around the women's tents. Up on the hill, light glowed inside the general's tent. Helder must still be planning for the upcoming battle. Sion paused, then trudged up the hill. If Zeskar had been transmitting false memories, her theory that he controlled through speech was likely incorrect. She should have realized that when she informed Helder of her failure. Rexen and the others didn't need wax in their ears. The least she could do was prevent her erroneous advice from harming them in battle. Oddly, no guards were stationed outside the tent. Why wouldn't Helder post guards during night hours? Maybe they had been called inside. She hesitated, her hand poised to lift the tent flap. Entering unannounced seemed forward. But what other option did she have? Sion brushed the fabric aside. Helder was conversing with a goateed man in a gray garb that indicated he was a messenger. But he had turquoise eyes. What kind of a god-blessed was he? The two missing guards stood nearby. Sion cleared her throat and stepped inside. Forgive my interruption, General, but I just realized something about Zeskar. Is this an appropriate time for us to speak? The god-blessed in the gray garb smiled. Now is the perfect time, child. His voice had an edge, but all his mental images rang of tremendous thoughts like an army marching in to free an oppressed people. What do you know of Zeskar? Sion glanced at Helder. The dichotomy between the man's thoughts and words discomfited her. If Zeskar was implanting false memories in people's minds, he probably doesn't control with his voice. You don't need to worry about that in the battle tomorrow. My friend here has helped me solve that problem, actually, Helder said. We don't need to worry about Zeskar. But visions of Rexen frying his own men still haunted him. Are you sure? Sion asked. The prisoner's memories, you're the girl who can see thoughts. The stranger's smile widened. I was about to search for you. How convenient. He, he wanted her. He had visions of the two of them, side by side, directing legions of men who, Sion gasped. Zeskar. Guards, Zeskar called. Immediately the two guards flanked her, swords drawn. If you scream, I will order them to rip open your stomach and leave you to bleed. He advanced toward her, his threat casting gruesome images into Sion's mind. 
He nodded to the guards. Tie her to the main tent pole. The guards jerked Sion back to the pole and cinched her arms together. Her stomach tightened. Zaskar was going to control her, just like Helder. The rest of her life would be governed by Zeskar's whims. Maybe she should scream. Slowly dying of a gash seemed like a better fate than the worst form of slavery. I'll make you the same proposal I offered Helder, Zeskar said. I want to show you a vision. A vision of a united country. For too many years, the land of Mortian has been divided. Hundreds of God-blessed constantly war with each other to try to expand their dominions. But I can restore peace and prosperity by persuading the God-blessed to cease fighting each other. Rippling fields of corn, glistening cities, wondrous new inventions, and majestic trade ships appeared in Zeskar's mind. Sion wished she could see all memories this vividly. I could accomplish numerous campaigns with you on my side. Zeskar spread his arms. Alone, my influence has limits. But a woman who can perceive thoughts, accompanied by someone who can control them, could unite the nations and end the bloodshed. Sion saw her and Zeskar standing in front of a magnificent army. Her, leading an army alongside a warlord. Triumph and admiration shone in Zeskar's eyes. He looked so proud, so noble, so... Then Sion stared into the real Zeskar's eyes, and the vision shattered. She strained against the ropes that bound her. Why wasn't Zeskar just controlling her and putting an end to this? Zeskar turned to Helder. It isn't working. Helder coughed and stepped toward her. Listen, I know you're going to disregard my opinion, because Zeskar is controlling me. But I swear that this comes from my own heart. We can make his vision happen. His mental images mirrored Zeskar's, albeit vaguer. He led Zeskar's troops into battle. You've always sought to do the right thing, Sion, Zeskar said. I commend that. That's why I urge you to reconsider what is right. The heralds have struggled for decades to unify the land under a righteous kingdom. We both desire the same result. A Mortian where people live in harmony. As if in a dream, Zeskar soared over a flourishing country free from wars. Or maybe she was the one soaring. Musicians played in the streets. Children giggled as they chased each other through the meadows, and the scent of flowering trees wafted on the breeze. Her heart ached, and the next instant she was raising a sword alongside other courageous men and women. Sion shook herself, her eyes widening. You... You can't actually control minds. Zeskar raised his eyebrows. Did you really believe I could? Of course not. I'm just an exceptional communicator who has the power to show others his thoughts. He pictured himself giving speeches that stirred the masses. He could lead like no one else could. He simply spoke and... No. Those were Zeskar's mental images, not hers. Sion's mouth felt dry. So you thrust your vision on others until they can't distinguish it from their own. Helder laughed. All of us who follow Zeskar are genuine. The glowing images in the prisoners' minds were their honest impressions of Zeskar. You'd understand if you'd embrace his vision. I can't. Sion dug her fingernails into her palms. This 
this is wrong. He's a manipulator. Zeskar sighed. I knew that speaking with you would be a challenge, Sion. You're used to seeing thoughts in a way that many people cannot. He signaled to the guards. One guard clamped a hand over her mouth while the other whipped out his sword and slid it across her stomach. The cold steel ripped her tunic and sliced into her skin. She shrieked into the guard's glove. You hate me now, Zeskar said, but this is only a flesh wound. If you continue to resist, we'll cut deeper. Sometimes pain weakens mental defenses. The guard removed his hand from her mouth. Sion blinked back tears. You're a monster. Put yourself in my shoes. I want to create a united, prosperous country. What if this is the best way to achieve it? In five minutes, you could be thanking me for hurting you, because you'll understand I freed you from backwards thinking. I will never join you, Sion forced out, tempted to scream, but not wanting the guard to slash her again. Blood dripped down her tunic. That's unfortunate. Zeskar's brow furrowed. He glanced at Helder and then back at Sion. I don't have much time to recruit the major players of your army before I must return to my camp. I'm going to take the guards and find Rexen. If you're not ready to submit by my vision in five minutes, I'll have to kill you. He swept out of the tent, the two guards following. Helder positioned himself beside Sion, his expression stern and his sword drawn. Sion suppressed a sob. How, how can you listen to this man? Sometimes you need to be brave enough to admit that your loyalties were misplaced. Helder's gaze softened slightly. I don't want to kill you, Sion. I need you to join us. Sion bit her lip. How can you say you were fighting for the wrong side after everything you did with us? It was part of a kingdom that preached heroism, but behind our public image, we pillaged local farms and committed other crimes whenever necessary. Zeskar doesn't stoop to those tactics. His people willingly follow him and hand over supplies. Sion winced at the pain burrowing into her middle. Torturing victims isn't a low tactic? Helder glanced at her blood-soaked tunic, then looked away. In a strange way, he's being merciful. He's trying to save your life. But his mental picture of Zeskar dimmed. You don't believe that, Sion said. I can see it. Helder shook his head. Don't manipulate me, Sion. I may not fully understand Zeskar's plan, but that doesn't mean I distrust him. Sion saw how he viewed her a naive, stubborn child who wouldn't listen to wisdom. Was she being foolish? What if Zeskar could unite Morshan? Didn't she want peace? She could join him and still be a hero. The thought rolled around in her mind. The boy who stubbornly clung to an artificial vision. The farmer who saw an alternative to drudgery. And Helder, who believed he had found a path without sacrifice. Wasn't that what they also wanted? Zeskar inspired everyone he spoke to. But what if the frenzied look in his men's eyes wasn't frenzy? It was purpose. That was Zeskar's secret. He wasn't just thrusting mental images on people. He was giving people what they wanted most. 
Sion slowly lifted her head to look Helder in the eyes. Are you a hero? Helder's forehead wrinkled. What? If people respect and obey you because they have no choice, are you a hero? That's the legacy Zeskar has promised you. The destruction of autonomy and a legion of sycophants. Helder's knuckles whitened around his sword hilt. We'll be ending universal suffering. Will you? Sion gritted her teeth as the burning sensation in her stomach increased. Do you remember the faces of Zeskar's soldiers as they were struck down? Why were they so horrified? Weren't they courageous soldiers dying for a noble cause? Helder broke eye contact. His vision of glory began to blur. Maybe they realized that their ideals of heroism were empty. Heroism isn't all power and prestige. Sometimes would-be heroes die in the mud. Sometimes doing what's right means rejecting grandeur. Footsteps crunched outside, and Zeskar pushed through the tent flap, followed by Rexen, whose eyes blazed with a new vision. Sion's knees buckled. That hadn't been five minutes. She glanced at Helder's expressionless face. Had her words been enough? Zeskar looked Sion in the eyes. Have you decided to join us? A golden banner fluttered in his memories. Sion swallowed. I... She's refused and has tried to convert me to her side. Cold iron, the symbol of duty, filled Helder's mind. Sion's hopes deflated. Zeskar gazed at Sion mournfully. I had high hopes for you. Sion's chest tightened. So this was what it felt like. I'll do the honors. Helder raised his sword. Sometimes would-be heroes die in the mud. She had predicted her own fate. Helder looked Sion in the eyes. I hope you're ready. Sion wasn't. But maybe that was the point. Helder thrust his sword forward. It ripped through the side of her tunic, brushed against her skin, and kept going to sever her bonds. Sion blinked. Helder had freed her. Get the horn, he whispered. Then he spun and lunged at Rexen. Sion dashed toward the back table to grab the horn. Her fingers curved around the smooth, cool bronze as she raised it to her lips and blew to awaken the army. People yelled in the background. Flames exploded from the ground all around the tent and licked at the ceiling. Sion stumbled backward, covering her face with her arms. Helder was likely dead, and soon Rexen's fire would envelop her too. But then the heat subsided. Sion peeked through her arms. The flames had died to a smolder that spread across the blackened grass. Two guards were sprawled near the tent's entrance, baked in their own armor. Zeskar had disappeared. At the center of the tent lay two figures, a scorched Helder and Rexen, with Helder's sword through his heart. Sion's heart wrenched. She ran through the embers and grabbed Helder's arm. She felt for a pulse on his unarmored wrist. Helder coughed. It's too late, Sion. Better for me to die now than over a couple days from the burns. But, but, you've saved our armies, he rasped. That doesn't mean you can save everyone in them. The corner of his lip slowly turned upward. Sometimes would-be heroes die among the flames.
The moon shone down upon the troops as they systematically retreated to distance themselves from Zeskar before the day dawned and he discovered their departure. Sion clambered up the rocky outcropping and scanned the weary but determined faces of the soldiers. She had hoped for another option, but without their general and best warrior, they needed to find the nearest defensible position and wait for reinforcements. Sion glanced back at the lights flickering in their previous encampment. That encampment, along with the surrounding countryside, would be overrun by Zeskar's men. A couple scouts had been dispatched to warn the nearby farmers, but they wouldn't be able to save all of them from Zeskar's illusions. Zeskar's land and army would grow over the next week. Sion climbed down to join the rest of the army. The war would not end soon, or easily. Maybe someone in the future would stop Zeskar. Maybe someone wouldn't. But at least Sion had done what she could to resist. The army continued on under the light of the half-moon. I hope you enjoyed listening to Visions of Grandeur by Josiah DeGraff, narrated by Corinne Norton. If you want to read more by Josiah, go to josiahdegraff.com to find more of his books. Visions of Grandeur is part of a larger collection of short stories set in the same world, and you can download the entire collection for free. I'll have a direct link for that in the show notes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Finding Fantasy Reads. It lets you automatically download new episodes as they come in, but it also helps increase the podcast's visibility on podcast platforms, which helps both authors and listeners find the show. Long story short, it means the podcast can continue to give you more short stories for even longer. As always, I'll have all the links in the show notes. Thank you all for listening and happy reading.